0: This NFL Week 17 Underdog Fantasy Pick'em Entries episode of the NFL PropCast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit match up to $100 for all new users, courtesy of Underdog Fantasy. Again, that's promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit match of up to $100. And we're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today.
1: And shot the prime.
0: Welcome, everyone, to the NFL PropCast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Friday, December the 29th, currently 1.06 on the East Coast. Here to get into our special episode here that we're doing for NFL Week 17. We're going to put together our entries for every single game on the NFL Week 17 Sunday schedule. And of course, I've got my guys here with me. The Hacks, the Hacks they are. It's my first man, the king of the motorsports world. It's Rod Gomez. What's going on, you hack? I will hear
2: no more overs are for Hacks slander. I'm telling you right now, last night's game lent everything to the unders and all all Joe Flacco did was throw for 6,000 yards in the first quarter. So I will hear no more over slander I'm done if if I want to take overs I'm going to take overs because damn it they hit two. so uh, oh and by the way hi everyone happy Friday happy to be breaking down this slate with you
0: oh boy what a game it was last night you know what this has been happening like consecutive I think weeks and the times that we expect all of these prop bets that we gave out on the Thursday night football shows that we do every single week um, that they've been going uh over the game total within like the first quarter or the first half of games and it almost I mean it almost happened in the first quarter last night where it was what 21 to seven or 20 to seven within that first quarter. Uh but hey that's that's the that's the NFL for you. But um yeah you know, we'll quickly recap our picks here from Thursday night football and we'll just dive right into the underdog fantasy stuff guys. So uh I had a pretty good night last night. I went to oh you know, Amari Cooper I believe did not take a snap last night if I'm not mistaken. You guys can correct me if he did. Um, He did take a snap
2: Yeah, but he was
0: was out almost immediately. Okay, Uh, because I didn't get a chance to watch the game. So I did – I was checking the box score. I didn't see his name pop up uh, without a target. So uh, I did have – Amari Cooper, longest reception to go over 21 and a half. Obviously, he didn't play, so that got voided, pushed, whatever you want to call it. And then Trevor Simeon, I had the um, over 33 and a half pass attempts. I got a little nervous because that number closed at 31 and a half, and I, Chris, you and I agreed on that one, but he got to 34. That one got to the window for us as well. And then I had David and Joe, he absolutely crushed it in the first quarter for me. So a uh, pretty good night to close out the Thursday night football uh, uh, games this year. Rod, how did your night turn out?
2: Well, so Flacco under passing yards, like I said, was gone in the first quarter. Uh that was two thirty yeah. and a half. Uh Hall under forty eight and a half rushing yards. He decided he wanted to remember how to rush the ball. And uh you know, and it's funny because I actually saw a stat that the other day that said uh that the um the Jets had not allowed a three hundred yard passer in thirty-three games leading up until Joe Flacco just annihilated them. So Again, you can do all the research you want, and Joe Flacco happens. So uh, that didn't happen. I had Ninjoku's longest reception over 18 and a half. Again, that pretty much cashed after the second reception. Uh, and then he didn't get in the end zone, though. That was the only thing that kind of frustrated us. And then uh, he didn't get there first, and he definitely didn't get there at all. So, yeah. Uh, overall, a horrible night. But, again, I'm done taking unders.
0: You mean you didn't see... Uh... The streak being broken in your handicap last night of a of a three hundred yard uh, pass passer not allowed by the Cleveland Browns. I, Rod, what are you doing with your life? You're a hack, I tell you. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, it's just one of those nights. You know, it is what it is. But uh, Chris, how did your night turn out?
3: Uh, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I was with, I was with I was with you, off on on the over for um, for uh, Trevor Simeon. We we talked about the over over uh, passing attempt. So that that was a that, that was a little scary, know because we talked about like. Not yeah. possessing the ball because he only had 14 pass attempts in the first half. So I'm like, yeah. oh man, you got to be kidding me! But he did end up getting over. Uh, me and Rod agreed on the under uh, for Bryce for Bryce Hall, and that did not cash because not he did. Is is it, I I I kind of just to kind of piggyback on what Rod said. I don't think right, he decided he wanted to rush the ball. I think it's they decided they wanted to give him the ball. Because remember we talked about him not getting the carries, right? Not not that he couldn't rush the ball. They just weren't giving him the ball. So like so they they decided to rush him yesterday. I think I, I forgot how many carries he had, but it was more than he had in like the last five games. Um, I want to say so. Yeah, right, right. Like they just really started to run the ball yesterday. And then I was also there on uh what was the other one it was uh Mark Cooper and so that one that one was voided yeah. we i talked about his over 58 and a half receiving yards but also I talked about Greg Galeg that cashed pretty easily over five and a half kicking points and then for any time touchdowns we talked about njoku who didn't score but we also talked about that Brown's defense who did score yesterday so it was a pretty good night overall yesterday.
0: Yeah, uh, it turned out to be a pretty good night overall for the the podcast. And again, unfortunately for us, it is the last uh, Thursday night football game of the year. But again, like I mentioned, we'll be here obviously weekly and then throughout the playoffs as well for our regular show for the NFL podcast. But hey, today we are doing a very, very special episode courtesy of our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. Again, if you haven't signed up with an account with Underdog Fantasy, uh, I do not know what you are waiting for. Make sure you use that promo code SGPN. Try to do a lot of giveaways um, as we are going to do throughout the show here. Uh, and again, if you do sign up through the weekend with uh, Underdog Fantasy and use that promo code SGPN, tweet at us, slide into our DMs, send us screenshots. We'll get you hooked up with some merchandise. We'll put your name into a special drawing as well uh, for underdog fantasy, uh, whether you're going to play with NFL entries, whether it's going to be NBA entries, NHL, college ball, college football, whatever the case might be, anything related to underdog fantasy and their pick'em entries. entries. Uh, come join us. We just Chris, myself and Lante just did an episode uh, for our NBA uh, entries for the Friday night card. So make sure to check that out. But again, here we are for the uh, NFL week 17 games. And again, Got a lot of great uh, guests that are going to join us throughout the show. Here we got Minty Betts that's going to join us. Steffi Smalls um, is going to join us as well. And Bottom Line Bombs uh, host uh, Man in the Box uh, CJ Sullivan is going to join us as well. So again, uh, make sure you use our promo code SGPN as courtesy of Underdog Fantasy. All right, gentlemen. So what I am going to do now is I will go ahead and share my screen like I did for the NBA show and I will pull up our or pull up the underdog fantasy site uh here and uh we will rock it that way so let me change this to NFL. So um let's start with the sun uh let's start with the Sunday games here. Uh the first game we want to get into that we're going to talk about is going to, go to be game? You are, yeah, that's just uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my fault. I forgot about Saturday here. I thought this was on a Sunday, but I forgot we had a Saturday night football game here. All right, so we'll start with the Detroit Lions and the Dallas Cowboys, a standalone Saturday night game that's going to start at 8 15 Eastern time. Uh, Rod, lead us off. What do you like for a fantasy projection uh, for this game?
2: All right, well, I'm going to go straight to the tight end, uh, because I'm an obscure kind of a guy, so I'm going to do that. Uh, we'll take the Dallas tight end, we'll take Jake Ferguson. Um, I tell you what, where, What am I going with this? Yeah, I'm going over, I'm going over his receiving yards. I'm going more than higher than his receiving yards. 48 and a half is uh is what I'm seeing it at. So uh, I like this um, higher than 48 and a half receiving yards. Let's, let's look him up little Jake Ferguson.
0: Uh, uh, let me just search for it. Might be easier that I'll, I'll make the case for go. while
2: you look him up. Uh, so yeah, Jake Ferguson, I'll, I'll even take 49 and a half as, as the line it's going to be tough at 49 and a half. He has only had 45, 44 in the last couple of weeks, but before that, 72, 77, uh, he's had games of 91 and 77 as well, but really where this is leaning on these, uh, these lions have, have just been torched lately by, I say torched, but I mean, they've given up their fair share. Hawkinson had 58 against them, uh, last week. Uh, unfortunately, none of the Broncos tight ends could get anything done against them, but Cole Komet, 66, um, yards against them and, uh, and, and so on and so forth. So they can be had at the tight end position. It'll be tough, but uh, uh, Ferguson's been one of the most targeted receivers there for or pass catchers for Dallas over the last few weeks. Uh, in fact, he's been second to CD lamb in the last couple of weeks. So uh, I, I think a path to getting him 50, 50 receiving yards is well within the realm of possibility. So get me higher than 49 and a half receiving yards for Jake Ferguson.
0: Love it. Uh, Jake Ferguson has been one of my guys as well throughout this uh, season. And it's funny, Rod, that you mentioned him because we take a look at earlier in the season where this this projection for Jake Ferguson was around like 26 and a half 27 and a half 28 and a half and now you know now that uh projection has been adjusted for Jake Ferguson now it's up to 49 and a half so um definitely do like Jake Ferguson he's been uh quite fond of my pocketbook so um I should be sending him a, a, at least a Christmas card or something so we'll start uh Saturday Night Football. Lions, Cowboys, Jake Ferguson, higher 40 and a 49 and a half receiving yards. Chris, what do you like for this game between the Lions and the Cowboys?
3: So this one, I guess it's a little correlated as well. I'm liking Tony Pollard to go under his rush attempts. This is something that I've been targeting throughout the throughout the season, right? When we play, when we play against the Detroit Lions, we're looking for opponents to go under their rushing yards or under their rush attempts because the Lions defense is really that good. So back-to-back weeks, he's actually rushed four fewer than 16 rush attempts. Um, like I said, kind of looking at Detroit's rush defense, they've held opponents to 3.7 yards per attempt, which is the fourth best in the league, 24 attempts per game. So teams just aren't rushing the ball, which is the sixth best in the league. And they're giving up just 90 yards on the ground, which is fourth best in the league. It's been uh, since week 11. So we got to go back a while since Khalil Herbert actually ran the ball more than 16 times versus this defense. So I think Detroit, they try to take, uh, you know, try to make that, um, one-dimensional and make that offense one-dimensional and uh, really just kind of pin their ears back so they can rush them. We know Detroit has a really good pass rush, so I think they they take Tony Pollard out of it. Uh, he doesn't run the ball 16 times and, uh, you know, try to make Dak beat him, make, make 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 him kind of make some mistakes. So give me Tony Pollard in this spot under his 15 and a half rush attempts.
0: Yeah, that number, I believe, is at 14 and a half here, uh, so a little bit of adjustment here for Tony Pollard. Take the under but- there, too. <laughs> Tony Pollard has been, I think in the fantasy community up there as one of the biggest disappointments, because there was a lot of hype coming around him uh, this season for him to be that guy for this backfield of the uh, Dallas Cowboys. So, um, well, yeah, I like this call here. Tony Pollard, uh lower uh, on his projection of 14 and a half rush attempts here uh, for the, uh, for this Saturday night football game. Um, which leads me to having to pick someone from the lion's side here. And I think I got to go with Say Brown, man. He's just been that guy this season for the Detroit Lions. I also did consider Sam Laporta uh, on his yardage to go higher, but Saint Brown, I don't hate either one of his either receiving yards or his receptions to go higher um, because he's just been that target machine for this team, and again, I feel like this is going to game. This game is probably going to turn into a shootout because Dallas at home. We know that the points that they do put up, and also for the Detroit Lions, you know, a lot of people may be saying it's a flat spot for them that they're coming off clenching the division in about thirty some odd years and some celebratory, but. There's still the contention for that number one uh, seed in the NFC. And I think that, again, they'll still be focused for this game here as well. I know, you know, the Nundanites took a loss against the uh, Ravens last week, but that opened up the door slightly for the Alliance. And I know a lot of things have to go that way for them to get that number one seed. But I think that, you know, being the head coach that Dan Campbell is, that he's going to get these guys focused uh, to play in this game um, in Dallas here, or I should say Arlington um, um, against the Dallas Cowboys here. So, again, I think the resume speaks for Amaran St. Brown um himself. I mean, he's a target machine, he's a receptions machine. Um, last two weeks, or last three weeks, he had at least eight uh targets. Last two weeks, nine targets, 14 targets, seven receptions, and 12 receptions over the last two weeks. Um, and I'm not a believer in this Dallas defense at all. Um, you know, a lot of there's, their front seven led by uh Michael Parsons has been great. But that secondary, I'm not a believer in. Um, So I think that this will be a big week here for Amaran uh, St. Brown. So I will take the higher. um, Let's go with his receptions higher uh, for this game. So I will go six and a half receptions higher. Uh, So now we'll put that in as a $10 entry here for this game, for the Saturday Night Football game. So Jake Ferguson higher. 49.5 49 and a half receiving yards, Tony Pollard lower 14 and a half rushing attempts, and then Amari Saint Brown higher six and a half receptions for the Sunday uh, night. Sorry. Saturday night football game between the lions and the um, Cowboys. All right, guys, let's get over to the next game on the Sunday schedule. We'll go over to uh, let's go to the dolphins and the Baltimore Ravens, a big game here between these two teams fighting for seeding in the AFC uh, playoff picture in contention for number one seeds and Miami uh, trying to hold on to that division leave uh, division lead, trying to uh, starve off the Buffalo bills here. So, um, Chris, why don't you lead us off? Anything for the Dolphins and the Ravens here?
3: Yeah, this is this one is a might be a little bit contrarian, but I actually like Gus Edwards in this spot over his rushing yards. Um see what number you can find. You know, it's all it's all over the place. Um, Thirty-nine you know, and a half is one. what I see. Thirty-nine and a half is what I see as well as the lowest number. So that's great because I see it up to forty-two and a half on, on other spots. So. Um, I like this, I Edwards in the spot. I'm I'm looking at this Lions. I'm sorry. I'm looking at this Dolphins rush defense, and they they've been they've been pretty good. Don't don't get it twisted. Uh, and that's why it's a you know a tad bit contrarian against against the rush this season. They're only giving up 3.7 yards per carry, uh, which is six. Only 24 rush rush attempts per game as well, which is six, and they're only giving up 91 rushing yards, which is fifth. However. Gus Edwards isn't. If you go back and look at his last game, he's not going to be the best. I mean, he, he was playing in San Francisco, where nobody typically has too good of a rushing a rushing uh you know rushing game. He he's also coming off a game against Jacksonville, so two back to back games for Gus Edwards where he's played against top five rush defenses. Because Jacksonville rush defense is also pretty elite, also. So he he was able to get fifty eight yards in that game. And for me, I just think about Harbaugh, and I think about. Baltimore is going to run the ball that we know that they're going to run the ball. You want to keep Tua off the field. And I think that Gus Edwards is going to get the opportunities in this spot with this number being this low at 38 and a half. I mean, it's not like he's going to be playing in snow. He's going to be playing playing in Miami. I I would only be able to, I would only be able to take the over here on Gus Edwards. I think that, you know, going through and kind of looking at the carries, they have been down recently Uh, a couple, like two, four weeks ago, he only ran the ball eight times. And then three weeks ago, he only ran the ball six times against the, the Rams. But outside of those, the last two weeks, he has 25 carries. So I do think that you know he's been kind of getting back into, into that form. And I think here in this this game, we know that the recipe for success is to kind of you want to you want to keep that Miami's uh offense off the field because it is yep. pretty elite. And I think Gus Edwards uh, you know plays a big part in that. So give me Gus Edwards in this spot to go over uh what did you say the number was you know, 39, 39 and, a half? and a half yeah rushing yards? Yeah, I just need him to get 40. All right. Yeah. I love it,
0: man. Um, It seems like it definitely seems like a conservative number, especially with all the injuries that they have had in the backfield for the Baltimore Ravens. So our first uh, entry here for the game between the Ravens and the Dolphins, it's going to be Gus Edwards, higher 39 and a half rushing yards. Rod, what do you got for this game?
2: All right. Well, let's go with this backfield mate, Justice Hill right there. You, you just had him. Oh. Yeah, uh, I'm going to take his rushing yards, but I'm going to go lower. So then if Gus Edwards is going to go ahead and get uh, higher than than 39 and a half, I think that means that Justice Hill is going to take a step back in this one. And even if you look at his last few games anyways, right, 10 carries, 26 yards against the Niners. But again, like you said, that's the Niners defense, and it was pretty tough to gain yards against him. Five carries, 23 against Jacksonville no carries against the Rams, five for 31 against the Chargers, one carry for one yard against the Bengals, two for seven against the, so again, we know Lamar, we know Gus. Those are the two major running pillars in that offense. Justice Hill gets sprinkled in. So for this to be almost 30 yards, for this this number to be almost 30 yards, I feel like that's way too high. So give me Justice Hill lower than 29 and a half rushing yards for this game.
0: Yeah. I mean, it seems like it's correlated, right? That, you know, Chris likes, I think that obviously we also take a look at Gus Edwards getting, I think the bulk of the carries for the Baltimore Ravens rush defense, i uh, sorry, rushing attack. Um, and then that just leads Justice Hill to, um, not maybe even get many, uh, carries or even snap counts as well for the Baltimore Ravens. So, uh, definitely do like, so also we talked about this rush uh, rushing attack for the Baltimore Ravens. Let's not forget about Lamar either, right? Because he's been playing real well as far as, you know, rushing the football, not only this season, but obviously all throughout his career. Um, I'm going to keep this one simple. uh, Jalen Waddle is going to be injured uh, in this game. I think he's trending towards not playing here. Uh, I'm just going to take Tyreek Hill. I'm going to go higher on his 94 receiving yards. And also, he's also been dealing with an ankle injury as well. But... And we saw what Jalen Waddle did in the game without uh, Tyreek Hill, I think, a few weeks back, and he went off in that game for 100-plus receiving yards. And I think it's almost the same thing here, um, that Tyreek Hill, number one, will get the targets. And again, for a guy like Tyreek Hill, it probably only takes three or four catches for him to get over, uh, start get higher than this number of 94.5 receiving yards. So um, I think this might be another game that may be a low-key, um, higher-scoring game. Um, but I think that the offensive success is going to have to be with Tyreek Hill here, so I'm going to take the higher 94 and a half receiving yards for Tyreek Hill, and that will be our entry for the game between the um, Ravens and the Dolphins. So just to recap, this one will go Gus Edwards higher 39 and a half rushing yards. We'll go Justice Hill lower 29 and a half rushing yards, and then we will go Tyreek Hill. Uh, 94 and a half receiving yards. We'll go higher on that. Uh, and that'll be our entry there. we $10 entry. Uh, we'll get us uh, a $60 entry and joining us now is going to be a great friend of the network. She's been on plenty of my pods Um, across the MLB pod, the MLB pod. Uh, when we've done season previews, NFL division previews as well. It's Minty Betts. Minty, what's going on? How are you doing this Friday afternoon?
4: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, Munaf.
0: Of course. Thanks for joining us. Um, Yeah, like we said, we're going to go through uh, almost every single game here on the uh, Sunday schedule, put together our Underdog Fantasy entries. Um, And Minty is going to get us into the Seahawks and the Steelers game. But Minty, before I actually get into the entries here, uh, I know you're obviously in Vegas and in a... Um uh, Raiders fan, but uh I think we talk about this every single year. Is that this Raiders team for whatever reason has struggled? But I think the future for this Raiders team is brighter because I think if they absolutely fuck this up and they don't hire Antonio Pierce as their head coach, I will pull my hair out. But um kind of want to get your thoughts overall, maybe uh, for the NFL season. And how are you feeling about the Raiders this uh this year and going into the future?
4: Oh, um, Going into the future, if the Raiders make the right decision and hire Antonio Pierce, which I'm like very on brand with the Raiders, I don't know if that's going to happen. It's just such a mystery. Um, But if they go the correct route and hire Antonio Pierce, I think the future is pretty bright. But again, I, I really don't know if we'll see much difference in the next several seasons again i mean the chiefs are such a powerhouse the chargers people always just are such fans of the chargers and they are like up and down here they they seem to be doing well without staley but as for the raiders i just think it's a cursed team so i i, I just you know the, the, being a raiders fan or, or any fan of a a team like the raiders you just have to have low expectations here
2: You know, Uh, as from Oakland, too, obviously being a California guy, the Oakland Raiders were huge. And then, of course, you know, moved to L.A., everybody then moved back to Oakland. I I have so many family members that are are still Raiders fans to this day, and they just never they never seem happy ever to watch their team play.
4: Yeah, they don't seem happy, but they're like down to party. Okay, they're down to just like get (laughs) dressed up and just like forget about the day by drinking the day away, you know, so that I mean, that's uh, I would. Yeah, (laughs) Raiders fans.
0: (laughs) All right, let's get into the Steelers and the Seahawks game. Um, obviously implications for both teams here uh, as they are in their uh, playoff picture uh, in their respective conferences, right? Obviously the Pittsburgh Steelers being in the AFC and the Seattle Seahawks uh, being in the NFC. Uh, Obviously the division is out of the picture for both of these uh, teams uh, respectively in their divisions, Uh, the Ravens and the Browns running away with the AFC North. Then obviously the uh, 49ers have already clinched the uh, NFC West here, but again, both teams still fighting, uh, for a playoff spot, at least in the wild card uh, positions for their respective conferences, so a big game here in Seattle. Uh, we'll put together our underdog fantasy entry here, courtesy of Minty, and we'll get Chris and um, uh, Rods uh, as he, I mean, if we have uh, some for these as well. But uh, Minty, lead us off. What are you looking at for this uh, Steelers and Seahawks matchup?
4: Okay, starting on the Seahawks side. We're going DK Metcalf. His receiving yards is set at 61 and a half, I believe. I'm going higher. DK Metcalf obviously is one of the more targeted receivers in Seattle. Um, And Metcalf's numbers have been a little inconsistent lately, but Pittsburgh is bottom seven in yards allowed by opposing wide receivers. So I'm feeling good about higher than 61 and a half uh, receiving yards for DK Metcalf. And also, like, the last two weeks of the NFL are always so... I want to say random and high scoring. So I'm just going higher on all these props here. Um, Another prop I have is going to be Najee Harris, higher than 54 and a half rushing yards. I think this is a really tricky number because in his last five games, he's averaged around a little over 60 rushing yards a game. Uh, Granted, those were against some of the worst rushing defenses in the league, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, um, Arizona. But guess what? Seattle doesn't have very solid defense against the run either. The Seahawks are 22nd in the NFL when it comes to yards allowed by running backs, and they allow the ninth most yards per carry. So we're going Najee Harris, higher than 54 and a half rushing yards uh, as my props for the Seahawks Steelers game
0: uh Najee Harris is frozen right now but what I am going to do is I'm going to write this down because we will hopefully by the time our show wraps up we will be able to put that entry in but um going back to DK I mean I, I you have no argument for me because we've talked about this lot on on the podcast. is his longest completions this season or sorry his longest receptions have been such a cash cow and I see you know Chris has been smiling about this when we talk about DK Metcalf because he's just such a monster and again not, I don't want to say he's Tyreek Hill S, but it only takes him maybe four to five receptions to get a, a, a higher on his projection. And again, obviously, we're on the right side of this year because this number has gone from 61 and a half now up to 63 and a half receiving yards. And I still like this all the way up to 70. Um, and he talked about Najee Harris as well, right? Again, he struggled for early part of the year, but I think the pure matchup here for the Seattle Sea or him going up against the Seahawks where their rush defense has struggled. No, early on in the season, of State's uh, consistently bad. Um, despite on who does get the start here for the Steelers, I think it's still kind of up in the air. But to protect these quarterbacks that have not been very good, you gotta rely on that running game. And Najee Harris had a great game last week. I think that can carry over into this game against Seattle. I know he's been sl- uh, sp- uh, splitting shares with um, Jalen Warren as well in the backfield for the Steelers. But you know we've talked about Jalen Warren a lot. At least I have on the propcast that he's been great for them. Um, catching the ball out of the backfield where I think the the running attack has really been led by Najee Harris. So um, yeah, I, I like both of these here. Uh, Rod, anything else you, you want to add uh, for either one of these players or if you have another uh, entry you want to add for this uh, game?
2: I do. As somebody who watched Christian McCaffrey go off for like over 200 and some odd 50 yards in two games against Se- uh, Seattle, I know their run defense is suspect. So uh, give me all the Najee Harris. I like that. Uh, I also like Noah Fant in this one. Oh, Minty, yeah.
4: Oh, no, I'm just saying, yeah, the Najee Harris that you're on it with me. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, I also like Noah Fant. Actually,
2: his his number is set at 18 and a half. Go ahead and give me higher than 18 and a half on this one for, for Noah Fant. He's actually been sort of kind of that outside guy for, uh, for Geno and for uh, Drew Locke. And in his last few games, it hasn't necessarily been there for him. I mean, he's only had, what, three catches for 16 yards, but Um, that was what two, three yards shy of, of this, this number. But the, before that two catches, 35, three catches, 43, two catches, 25. When he gets it done, he gets it done. And he doesn't need a lot of receptions to do it too, right? Along of 26, 15, 16. So for Noah Fant, I feel like they're going to need to be, uh, giving him the ball to, to stay relevant. So I like Noah Fant in this spot and, and 18 and a half is such a low number. That uh, like Minty said, sometimes you just get those wacky, crazy, high scoring, high flying games. And again, with Noah Fant, it only takes two catches, three catches for him to get uh, above this. So I like Noah Fant higher than 18 and a half.
0: Love it. Uh, So we'll add him in as an entry there, which needs uh, again, unfortunately right now, Najee
3: Harris, for whatever reason, is frozen.
0: But Chris, you have anything for this game between the Seahawks and the Steelers, hopefully on the Steelers side?
3: No, not not at all. I, I think uh, I, I would I would look towards uh, Najee as well. I think Najee's in a in a really good spot. um And never like you talked about, you know, never can talk anybody off playing DK Metcalf. I think both of these, well, well, more so DK Metcalf. Uh, he has that big playability. You go through and just look at his his long receptions throughout the season. I mean, this dude has like 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 I, I want to say like six or seven. Uh, plus receptions of 40 plus yards. So, you know, if if we're thinking that, you know, he has potential to get one of those big, big plays, uh, he could, you know, this is something that he could do uh, yard-wise and a half versus, uh, you know, necessarily be in the whole game. So it could be a little less sweat-free as well as what I add. 100%. I'll add
0: here for the Steelers' side, uh, once we do get Najee unlocked here, hopefully soon. But... Jalen Warren, I mentioned it, he's just been an absolute monster for the back, uh, coming out of the backfield, catching the football for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if we take a look over the last three weeks, he's had at least five targets in three straight weeks for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and also has at least four receptions in three straight weeks for the Steelers as well. Um, and also he's gone over this, uh or sorry, I had hired this projection of 24 and a half in three straight weeks as well. He had 29 against the Patriots. 28 against the Colts. And then last week in that divisional matchup against the Seattle, um, I guess, sorry, against uh, Cincinnati Bengals. He had 30 receiving yards in that game as well. And uh, early on in the season, he was crushing this projection as well. And it seems like they, have you know, I think they figured out on offense that let's get Najee, the football through the ground. Let's also get uh, Jalen Warren, the ball through the air. And he's been very effective of what he's been able to do catching the football. So uh, I will go with Jalen Warren. Uh, higher 24 and a half receiving yards. Uh I am gonna save this entry here because once uh Najee does get unlocked uh here on Underdog Fantasy, we'll put that entry in for the uh Steelers in the Pittsburgh uh sorry, the Steelers and the Seahawks game. So I will keep that queued up. Um Mincy, uh before I let you get out of here, one uh maybe best or favorite uh A projection that you do like, courtesy of Underdog Fantasy, for the Week 17 schedule.
4: Yes, I am going with the most popular NFL player in the world, Travis Kelsey. Uh, (laughs) We see his reception set at six, I believe. I'm going higher than that. Now, the Bengals are allowing an average of a little over six receptions to opposing tight ends. And we know Travis has been... A little inconsistent lately, and we're not blaming Taylor for this, okay? No Taylor slander on this prop cast here. (laughs) Uh, The Chiefs are are in a funk, and Kelsey has recorded uh, less than six catches against the Bengals in each of his last two meetings against them. But every time I underestimate Travis Kelsey and go lower than his set prop, he ends up recording like 10 catches. So we're just going to go higher than six receptions against the Bengals. It was like a buy
0: low spot for Travis Kelsey, right? Just because he's really been struggling over the past several weeks. And I think that when the Chiefs really do need to get a victory and Patrick Mahomes. Is tired of throwing the football, so the guys aren't catching it. He can go back to his reliable guy in Travis Kelsey here. So, mm-hmm. uh, I know you said no slander uh, about uh Taylor Swift, so I'll save that uh, before, after I let you get out of here. But, <laughs> um, well, we're gonna say we're gonna save uh Travis Kelsey uh for the uh when we do our uh favorite uh projections at the end of the episode. So, I will, Minty, I'm gonna put you down for Travis Kelsey higher. Uh, on his receptions in this game against the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, Minty. Before I let you get out of here, let our wonderful listeners know where they can find you.
4: Yeah, um, find me on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at Minty Bets. And also, when a uh, UFC resumes again, find me on ESPN Plus, giving out my picks uh, for UFC.
0: Yep, 100%. Uh, Again, make sure to follow Minty on X or Twitter. I still call it Twitter, whatever you want me to call it. But TikTok, Instagram, she's all over the place. Great friend of the network. And again, make sure to check out all of her work as well. Minty, thank you so much for taking the time out. And I will uh, be in touch with you as usual. But thank you so much. Have a great weekend and happy new year to you and yours.
4: Thanks, guys. Happy new year.
0: Bye, Minty. Bye. Uh, All right, guys. Let's get over to um we're waiting for two more guests here uh but again this is a great reminder um j mark and they're telling me to let the people know that if they sign up for underdog fantasy and deposit using promo code sgpn send old fashioned football uh sorry old old fashioned fb on x a screenshot and he's going to scoop uh his reaper salsa into a bowl and drink it so he's feeling bold so we may not hear from uh, j mark after the new year maybe for a couple weeks because he's having some stomach problems and his ah, ass is burning missed. uh but uh yeah if you want to see that get done make sure deposit into underdog fantasy if you're a new account user make sure you use that promo code sgpn and send a screenshot of that on x to old-fashioned fb and he's gonna um He'll add a scoop of his Reaper salsa to a bowl. I might have to reach out to him and get me some of that uh, salsa because I'm a guy that loves spicy food. And uh, so I'll have to connect with him off uh, off air. But um, yeah, so that's where we are. Uh, again, a good reminder, SGPN, make sure you use that promo code on Underdog Fantasy. Rod, you were saying something? I'm sorry before I cut you off.
2: Oh, no, I was just saying, Justin taking the Scorchers to a whole new level. That's for sure.
0: Hey, a man of, uh, he's a company, man. What, what 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 can we say about, uh, uh J Mark there again, if you haven't already also checked out, um, J Mark and, uh, his better half Miranda on the old, old fashioned football. Uh, they do a lot of great work. Their fantasy football whiskey. If you're into whiskey, it's a lot of great stuff as well. So again, check them out. Old fashioned football. Um, Hey, look, our next guest is here as well. I'm going to bring her up. It is Miss Steffi Smalls. Steffi, how is it going, my friend?
5: How's it going? Happy Friday, everyone.
0: Happy Friday. Friday. Good to see
5: you again, Steffi. I know. It's actually been too long, I think.
2: I feel the same.
0: It has been too long. It has definitely been too long. Hey, stay tuned. Uh, I think what a couple hours here, I will be on Steffi's show as usual on Fridays uh, to give out my player props uh, on her show. But hey, I had to get her on. Uh, to our show here on the Propcast, and Steffi, look, I know I don't want to dig the deep—that's uh, right—the knife any deeper into your back or in your heart, but the Giants. Talk to me about your Giants.
5: Uh, they looked somewhat impressive last week. If I'm, we're going to give them, we do a little bit of positivity here. Um, but things aren't great for the New York Giants right now. Uh, I am glad that we're going to see Tyrod. I think that that is the right choice, I understand. Yes. Uh, you know, I had enough of the DeVito, so I'm glad I don't have to. At least the last two games, let me be in peace while I watch the Giants not play good <laughs> football, you know?
0: Yeah, look, hey, we got the Giants. They are going to be at home uh, this Sunday. They are hosting the Red Hot uh, Los Angeles Rams um, in this game. Um, and I'll, I'll let you kick it off here. Uh, what are we looking at here for this game as we put together our entry? On underdog fantasy between the Rams and the Giants.
5: Yeah, right off the bat, we're going to go to Matt Stafford to go over one and a half passing at touchdowns. In the last five weeks, my guy Stafford has had more passing touchdowns than the Giants have had all season. So um, I'm not worried about it here. Last week Hurts only had one, but they let Carr throw three on them Um, you know, he's had 14 passing touchdowns in the last five weeks. I don't know if I have to say much more the secondary while there's some bright points, not looking fantastic. So I like Stafford to go over that one and a half.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's been an absolute monster, um, over the past several weeks for, uh, for the, uh, Rams and the success that they had. And I know They had an opportunity a few weeks back to win that game against the Ravens. Unfortunately, fell short in overtime, but this team um, healthy uh, with Pocanacua. He's having a great rookie year. Obviously, Cooper Cup there as well. Um, Kyron Williams, another guy that has absolutely flourished. That's been one of the weaker points that for this Rams team is that they've really tried to find a solution at that running back position. I think Kyron Williams has finally been the answer for this team, but Matthew Stafford, I mean, he's playing at a whole other level right now. So, Right now on Underdog, I only see that they have his passing yards and interception. So I think throughout the day when they start adding more, um, um, these projections available, uh, we'll put that in as an entry for Matthew Stafford on his passing touchdowns. Uh, Where do you want to go next here, Steffi?
5: We'll be a little positive about the Giants here. Got nothing to lose. They drafted a rookie wide receiver in Jalen Hyatt. I'm not sure what underdog has it at. I know it's out on the market at 21 and a half receiving yards. Yep. Um, very aggravating season for some Giants fans with Jalen Hyatt, probably because they thought they were getting, they were being promised OBJ. That's not necessarily what, what you're getting here with Jalen Hyatt. Um, but with Tyrod, um, you look at the games that he had, 21 yards in one of them, 75 in another, nine targets, five receptions. There's no better time than right now to get your rookie involved. Uh, so I think 21 and a half receiving yards, I, I, I kind of like it there. I think that, that he, he goes over this number, gets gets a little bit involved. Again, the Giants aren't fighting for anything here. So figure out what you have before you, you go into the draft.
0: Yeah, I know there was a lot of hype around him and what he was doing in training camp and in minicamp for the uh, Giants. And again, I'm don't, i don't, I'm not going to fault him because, again, there's, there's been a, cr- a quarterback carousel with your team, right? Obviously, going from Daniel Jones, DeVito, and Tyrod uh, Taylor getting injured, but now he's back. So I think this might be a good buy low opportunity for a guy like Jalen Hyde to get over this projection of 21 and a half. And especially with how well the offense has been playing for the Rams at they are going to be putting up points in this game and that they're only going to have to match are the Giants if they want to stay, not only to upset the Rams here, but also kind of stay within the number um, and, you know, match them score for score. So I think that these opportunity for the wide receivers here are, it's going to be, um, you know, I think the opportunity is going to be there, especially for a guy like Jalen Height, where this number is at 21 and a half. Rod, did you have any thoughts on either Stafford and or Jalen Height here before we get, uh, continue with our entry? I think I'm contractually
2: uh, obligated to not say anything nice about the Rams, but I will say that uh, Stafford for sure. That that dude when he when he turns it on, he turns it on, and yeah. and he has the weapons to be able to throw many many touchdowns between Higby, between Cup, between Nakua, and and even to Kyron Williams. So uh, I, I definitely like the higher than one and a half here. <clears throat> but I've also got one as well. I'll I'll, I'll go Tyrod Taylor. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like his rushing yards. Actually, um, yes. his rushing yards are set at twenty three and uh, a half. So give me the higher than on that one. Remember, I'm not being bullied into taking the lowers uh, anymore. I'm taking all highers because I feel like it. But for, for Tyrod, look, he was only a couple yards short of this uh, against the Eagles, right? He didn't have any when he uh, played against the Saints. But rushing yards of 33, 25, 24 in, in those three games where he played uh, a substantial amount of time. The announcers love to tell you how much Tyrod can use his legs. Uh, and, and so I, I think they're going to need to. He'll probably have to escape. Uh, Aaron Donald, a couple of times. So uh, give me that as well. But uh, yeah, I think 20, 24 yards is is very doable for Tyrod Taylor. And he just loves to pull it down. You know, that's, that's one thing that his first instinct is, all right, nobody's open. And Steffi, how many times are uh, Giants receivers open in a given game?
5: Yeah, it's it's not it's not much. The thing is, when Tyrod <laughs> takes off, I feel like I don't know what the exact percentage is, but probably like forty percent of the time he ends up getting hurt. So I just hope that's not the case. Like the amount of times I've watched Tyrod take off and then it ends in him not being active for a couple weeks, it's painful.
0: <laughs> it's funny because as soon as I saw uh, Tyrod Taylor being announced as the starting quarterback for the Giants, I immediately messaged Steffi and I was like, oh. Rushing yards for oh, yeah. uh, Tyrod Taylor. We, we're going to be on this. I'm glad, Rod. You mentioned uh, Tyrod Taylor here. Uh, Chris, did you have any thoughts on Tyrod Taylor or Jalen Hyde here before we uh, get to uh, another entry here for this
3: Rams and Giants game? No, nah, not at all. But I will say uh, Stafford is the is definitely the play here. I would even I would even potentially alt Stafford to three passing touchdowns. Yeah. We were talking about him last week on the on the podcast. You know, yeah. And, like you said, and Minty, uh, not Minty. Uh, Stephanie mentioned as well. Uh, just, just really, really hot right now. This offense is uh, plenty of weapons, and uh, staff is clicking on all cylinders right now. As we kind of expected them to to start the season, but it took a while. They, they they're hitting the ground running right now. Um, towards the end of the season, for sure.
0: All right, Steffi. Any more um, for this game between the Rams and the Giants?
5: Yeah, I didn't peak on underdog, but I think staying with Tyrod Taylor, uh, this guy's playing for a contract somewhere else. He most likely will not be back with the Giants. So his passing yards right now is sitting at 195 and a half. He went over this two or three of the games he played this season. Uh, The two that he started, 200 yards versus Buffalo, 279 versus Washington. I think there's this weird revenge type angle where Tyrod kind of deserved to win that Buffalo game. I don't like to blame the refs, but I think Tyrod is going to come out. He listen, he's he's going out there to ball, get a contract. So, I'm okay with taking his pass attempts over or his passing yards over, but I think that we see Tyrod, you know, again, they're going to get the Rams are going to get up on the Giants and they're going to end up playing from behind and you're going to see a lot of this kind of garbage time stuff from Tyrod. So, I like him to go over the passing yards. I think that, you know, a little bit low there for him because we know he can go over that.
0: So if I put a gun to your head. Which one do you like more—the rushing yards to him to go higher, or the passing yards to go higher stuff?
5: Rushing yards, of course.
0: All right, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll, we'll keep it uh, there at the rushing yards. But I am actually going to write down his passing yards as well because you brought up a great point about number one. You know, I guess the revenge factor, but also him also like playing for a contract, right? Because. Yeah. I think this season is a great example of some of these backup quarterbacks that are playing these final couple of weeks for them to show out because – this week has really emphasized or sorry, this season has really emphasized how important the backup quarterback position is going to be going forward for a lot of these teams. And we've seen that all throughout the season with guys that have been missing multiple weeks or being out for an extensive period of t- amount of time or for the rest of the season as a starting quarterback for respective teams. So I'm gonna write down, uh, I like this one, Kyra Taylor, for his passing yards uh, for this week. Um, any more for this game here, Steffi?
5: Not really I think you know Stafford's had four clean games if you want to flirt with his interception prop I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock you You for it because you know Stafford Stafford loves to throw an interception and four clean games he's gonna be throwing the ball a lot I just know it's coming he also owes me for the past couple weeks that I keep betting (laughs) on it but we have a plus 100 out there so I like Stafford to probably end up throwing one there you probably could get me with Waller's receptions too another one of Tyrod's guys outside that I think I'm gonna stay away from Kyron Williams which I know the Giants have not been like there's nothing impressive to say about the Giants defense but again it's kind of giving it's giving trap to me you know it's out there 94 and a half depending on where you look I saw FanDuel has like a 91 and a half but uh I'm not sure what underdog has I can't can't see it there what is it for,
0: at there? Ki- for who I'm sorry
5: Kyron Williams 94 and a half
0: is okay yeah 94 yeah. and a half yeah
5: Yeah, I I was actually going
0: to go with his rushing attempts to go higher at 19 and a half.
5: Yeah, Um, I like that a little bit more.
0: Yeah, because just because, again, number one, this is success that he's had on the ground over the last several weeks. And he's had at least 20 rush attempts in four straight weeks for the um, for the Los Angeles Rams. And I think that's going to continue here that number one. You're fighting for a playoff spot, but also that if you are ahead in this game, if you are the LA uh, Rams, that you're going to want to run the football and do whatever you can to protect Matthew yeah. Stafford from you know getting injured. I think we saw that last week as well against the Saints, where it did take a little bit because I do remember I was on the higher for Kyron Williams to go uh, on his rush attempts. Um, that one got there, I think, in the final couple of minutes where they were trying to ice the game. So I think I'm going to go right back to it again. Anything uh, lower than 20, I'm going to definitely get on the higher for Kyron uh, Williams. So. I'll put that in as an entry here for uh, for this game here. So let's do that. So, all right, just a recap, we will go with uh, Jalen Hyatt, higher 21 and a half receiving yards, Tyrod Taylor, higher 23 and a half rushing yards, and then I uh, will throw in there, Kyron Williams, higher 19 and a half rush attempts between this game, between the Rams and the Giants. So before I let you go, any other favorite... Um, play you want to throw out because we're going to put together one at the end of the episode but before i let you go do you have one that really sticks out to you as your favorite play of the week
5: it's a good that is a good question eyeing out uh so Mike Evans, no Lattimore. I think there's an angle to be had there. I also think Justin Jefferson getting a nice treat without uh, Jair this week as well, which those are usually two matchups where people panic and everyone's all over Twitter. Now we kind of get two really nice matchups, like, like both of these guys, to really go over their numbers and you know be able to have uh, a less stressful game than they normally have against their these guys.
0: Love it. Uh, Mike Evans and Justin Jefferson. Jeddah, I will write that down. And we'll save that for the end of the episode. All right, Steffi, before I let you get out of here, let our wonderful listeners and people know where they can find you.
5: Yeah, at Steffi Smalls across social media. Steffi, the Steffi Small show, Money's Moon Off, will be on at uh, 3.30ish to Eastern. Uh, I start streaming at 3, go about till 4. And thanks for having me on, guys. Good luck
4: this week.
0: 100%. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time out. I will definitely get you on uh, back for the podcast yeah. uh, before the season is over as we get into the playoffs. But I will see you in a little bit for your show. Have a great show, and we hey will guys. talk to you very soon.
2: Hey hey. Hey.
0: Bye, Stephanie. Oh, there he is, the latter King himself, mm. host of the Bottom Lines Bombs podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's CJ Sullivan. CJ, what's going on, my man? How you doing?
1: Hey, fellas. Thanks for having me here. Glad to be a guest on the uh, telethon you guys are having here just for, uh, for to raise awareness for TMJ, I, I imagine, here. We're trying to uh, find a cure. Hopefully, with the props, we can find a cure for the lockjaw and the nerve damage that we got here. But uh, great show. Been following along. Hey man,
0: uh, I think you're on to something because last night uh, my uh, the props that we gave out for Thursday night football mine went two and zero. So I woke up this morning feeling yep. a little bit better. Yeah, so there may be a little bit of correlation there about yes. uh, you know props cashing in the the uh, the uh, cure for TM uh, TMJ because uh, I'm definitely feeling a lot better today. Yeah, uh, winning winning
1: always makes you feel better. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that is one
0: hundred percent correct, my friend. All right, you are taking us. Over to the game between the Denver Broncos and the Los Angeles Chargers. Mm. So let me get over to that matchup. But obviously, the big news in this game yep. is going to be um, no, uh, what's his name, Russell Wilson, Mister
1: Oh <laughs> Already, uh, what's his name? Jeez, yeah, already. How far from Graces? <laughs> Super Bowl, Super Bowl winner to what's his name. Um, I know. It, what a, a slap! It's been a slap in the face, though. Too. I love what I told him right after the beat the Chiefs. Probably his greatest win in Denver. Great win, but yeah, you're also not good We also pay you way too much money. It's not your fault, but yeah, you get way too much money. <laughs> good on you think, for being able yeah, to get hey, so much yeah. out of us. But we're we're done. We're yeah, good. Shout shout out to you and your agent, whoever got you to someone to sign this. Amazing work, but yeah, this isn't gonna work for us. <laughs> Uh, all right,
0: CJ. Let's get into this uh, entry for the Chargers and the Denver yeah. Broncos game. Lead us off. Where do you want to go?
1: What a beautifully aesthetic game this is, too. By the way, the Chargers at Denver. I always love this game. I want like Dick Enberg and Merlin Olson to call this, like the old school. <laughs> um, this char- this Charger team is a uh, is a sad bunch. You know, obviously they had the uh, Rebel loss versus Raiders, and they had the coach bounce back, and now uh, now they're going out there with. Uh, with no receiver, I mean, it's it's amazing that the hodgepodge uh, lineup they're going to have out there. They have one of, probably maybe the worst roster without Herbert and Keenan. I, I don't mind Eason Stick, but Gerald Everett, since Eason Stick has taken over, he's led the team in targets the last three games. I think he has 24 targets in the last three games, uh, over 41 yards a game. I think it's I think his number is 40 and a half, which is a little high. But Gerald Everett's literally the only guy that he, th- he throws to. Yeah. And uh, so he's going to be carrying They're little really multiple in Denver against tight ends. I think they're the last five, are second, Uh, they gave up the second most receiving yards to tight to the tight end position. yep, 951, which is pretty, uh pretty, not, not, I'm sorry. That was a wrong one. Fourth to the tight end. I was reading a different stat, but still 40 and a half. I got to go Gerald Everett. He's the only one left out there for high for, uh, for stick to throw too. I think that's in the, that's one of my favorites in there. We'll start off with that one.
0: Yeah. This one was, I was the, one of the, um, ones I was on when they got absolutely curb stomped by the Raiders a few mm-hmm. weeks back. Um, all the reasons that you just mentioned there, right? Because number one, Keenan Allen is not going to be playing this game. I think Keenan Allen did play in that game, but even yeah. then... He, He's
1: not um, playing this one. Palmer's yeah. in the concussion protocol now, too. He tosses his hat in the ring. Why not? He doesn't want to play. I mean, it's... <laughs> it's, it's amazing that the bunch in there, they'll get to, like... Well, go ahead, finish your point, but...
0: No, no, no. I was just going to say that, again, it's just very limited options here. And again, like you mentioned, the targets have been there for uh, Everett as well. But yeah, I love this. Ad, at 40 and a half, we'll go higher that but yeah go ahead finish your point
1: yeah no i was just going to say with with that and like and eckler keeps going out there but he keeps looking around like where did everyone go kind of like uh, like like David Spades last year at Sinai Live when all his friends left and he was just there like doing a bastardized version of the Hollywood minute like where did Spade and Farley and Chris Rock go? like it's just him and so he's just going out there and he kind of bails out. Too. I don't mind his lower than 46 and a half rushing yards actually as well because he doesn't head it hit it at all and he looks like uh, Monty Ball out there too. Like he just looks he just <laughs> not looks like the uh, Austin Eckler that uh, we signed up for. That's for sure. It's kind of like the online version. Like when you order it off Amazon, you get the, well, what is this? I did not, this is not what the picture looked like. Um so I don't of that in there, but when it does come to rushing, I do like Easton Stick 19 and a half and we all know he does run. The first game we kind of got, we kind of got gypped out of it, but then uh, that Buffalo game kind we kind of saw more what he is. Those North Dakota running backs, whatever. They, they when it ha- when you know, the Trouble gets going, whatever stuff gets going, they, they're going to run the ball. He likes to run the ball. He, ran, he got that anytime touchdown in there. So 19 and a half higher rushing. I think both quarterbacks are going to run the ball in this when you get those new games, but I, I'll take this. Easton sticks just because of out of, uh, out of necessity.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, you mentioned Eckler about him being the only one left. It reminds me of that last episode of Fresh Prince of Bel Air where Will Smith is just standing there in the living room and just kind of looking <laughs> yeah. around. Like, where, where the hell did everybody go? Right. And, you know, uh, Oz and Eckler's
1: the only one left there. Um, uh, anything else for this game you like? Uh, here, CJ. I do like um, Javante Williams' combined rushing and receiving yards. He's got a high rushing number, but I, could, I like to combine it 75-and-a-half because I do think uh, Stidham's obviously his first start. I don't think he's that much of a downgrade from Russell Wilson. Peyton is going to want him to uh, do well just to make himself look better. So I see, <laughs> do see a lot of dump-offs to of Javante Williams. And Javante will be able to run the ball, too, against this awful charger defense. So yeah. I think he will hit his rushing, but I think the rushing and receiving is safer.
0: Yeah, 75 you, and a half yeah, he was on one of my fantasy teams uh, this uh, season and earlier on in the season he was, you know, he wasn't performing very well, but I think he had an injury. Then he came back. It was looking really good for yes. the Denver Broncos. So, uh, yeah, I definitely can't get behind this. Again, like the point that you made, CJ, about this Chargers defense, that's just been absolutely putrid uh, all season mm. long. So I think he should have a field day against this team uh, in the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, anything else you
1: like for this game? uh it's average avante stick eckler i mean there's not too much there's there, there's the injury port's kind of deep so there's not too much to uh pick from obviously they're not they kind of got everything locked up so i mean obviously when, when partum comes available too i don't mind any of those, those charger tight ends but no that's pretty much it I'll see. all right
0: rod uh anything else you'd like for uh, this game between the chargers and the broncos
1: Well,
2: it sucks because Cortland Sutton touchdown would have been a perfect one to get there, right? But, unfortunately, that's not going to happen. So, I don't know. I I think CJ got everything that we could get out of that one. Uh, This this game's going to (laughs) be
1: not fun. Not fun. I will Uh, ask. I mean, I think think Stidham's passing yards is 205, which... Could be high, it could be low, but I, I do think there's something to that narrative where Sean Payton's really gonna want to push it, where like yes. this is how my system works. This was with him, Russell was the problem, you know. Because yeah. one thing Sean Payton doesn't like doing is uh, taking the blame for anything that he does wrong. So he likes passing the buck off. And so I can see that I can see him peeping over just out of sure volume. And this is the defense to do it too. This is gonna be I like Denver in this game anyway. I think it's a good get right spot for them. But um yeah, I can I can see set getting over to him higher, I'm sorry, for the lawyers involved here at Underdog, higher than 205 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> that was the one I was going to
0: throw in here as well uh, for Jared Simmons. It, you nailed it. Love, what Sean Payne is probably going to want to do, um, saying that, hey, Russell Wilson's a problem that, you know, let's let's push a little bit with Jared Simmons, you know, put him out there and, and you know, he could definitely get uh, higher on this projection of 205 and a half against his future uh, Chargers uh, defense. So we'll put that in as an entry here. Uh, this yeah. is our Entry with the most, uh, I guess, entries in it. So we'll put a $10 entry in here for this game. And that is going to get a return of $200 if it does come into fruition for us. And I think it will because CJ is the man. So we will recap it here. We're going to go Gerald Everett, higher 40 and a half receiving yards. Austin Eckler, lower 46 and a half rushing yards. Easton Stick, higher 19 and a half rushing yards. Javante Williams, higher 75 and a half rushing and receiving yards combined. And then Jared Stidham, the new starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos to go higher 200 and a half, sorry, 200, 205 and a half passing yards in this game against the LA chargers. And that is uh, it. Uh, CJ, before I let you get out of here, outside of this game, do you have a favorite play uh, for this uh NFL week 17 Sunday card.
1: Uh, yeah, well, I have a lot of plays there. Well, Did they put up Samir White numbers yet? Are they still waiting on Josh Jacobs to officially get out of there? Because I, I know see they didn't lock uh, No Samir White yet. Hmm. But I do like his rushing attempts when they do push that up, whatever that is higher. I mean, uh, if anything, Pierce has shown that he likes to run the ball, and he and he's and he's got average over twenty carries a game since Pierce has become the the coach. They found, I think they found something here with Zamir White. At least, and I, and I love these backs in the second half of the season that have these fresh legs, and they just they feed them. They're they're fantasy playoff kings, those kind of guys, you know. And Zamir White is just he fits the bill and all of that. So I like Zamir White, and, and and whatever his yards is too. And the Colts are absolutely putrid against stopping the run. So. I think Zemir White has a big day for the Raiders. Love it. Uh,
0: CJ, before I let you get out of here, let our listeners know where they can find you, my friend.
1: Sure. Well, I do host the Bottom Line Bombs podcast on YesGPN. It's live every Monday and Thursday at noon Pacific. Um, Subscribe to that, to the YouTube and all that. Part of the C block that I go to. By the way, am I I the first one to have a five-teamer here on Underdog? You are. That puts you up to the A block. That's what you get with the bombs. That's what I don't, I don't understand. I mean, if they gonna have the empty spots, how do you not fill them? That's what I don't understand. Like, why five? Because they don't offer eight. That's why five, you know? You just <laughs> fill them up. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, other than that, you can follow me on the socials. Instagram, at CJ Sullivan was taken. Not like Liam Neeson, the word CJ Sullivan was taken. And on X, at CJ Sullivan underscore. But that's about it. Bottom Bomb line, bombs. Host. I'm the Beck detective. The new shirt just came out. Yes. Yeah, Get that, the merch store, the man in the box, but the bet detective is the newest one they came out with. I sniff out the bad lines. There and we go. Joke.
0: And right. you're also going to be on <laughs> uh tonight, yeah. as usual, right?
1: I will be on VEASAN tonight, bringing the ladder chatter. I'm not saying people have copied my style, but uh, you can't spell leader without ladder. Well, you probably can, but you need an E or something. But the point is, I will be on VEASAN tonight, Vegas, with... Uh, Shaw and uh, Kramer with the uh, ladder chatter.
0: Trademark pending for ladder chatter because lights
1: up for the holidays. Well you can't see the daylight, but whatever, you know. You there we it. go.
0: We'll, we'll we'll fix that in post. <laughs> there we go. Make sure to check out CJ on the Bottom Line Bombs podcast on the socials. CJ, thank you so much for taking the time out, and I Love will definitely get you back uh, in the future, my friend. Great, thanks, guys. All right, have a good one. All right. All right, boys. Uh, so that was our uh, rotation of wonderful guests, uh, friends of the network, and obviously CJ, one of the hosts of the podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Um, so those were what, another three games that we just went through. Uh, we've gotten about an hour into this episode, guys, and we haven't even mentioned that two of our hosts on the podcast, their teams are facing off against each other this week. So we got to get to that game. So let's get to that game here. Um, between the San Francisco 49ers and the Washington Commanders. This is going to be an early start, obviously, for the San Francisco uh, 49ers. I was going to say Giants, but San Francisco 49ers as they head to uh, take on the Washington Commanders. Obviously, the Niners coming off of a tough loss last week and Brock Purdy not having... um, you know, his best game of the season. He did have four interceptions that game, but if there was ever a team to go up against, at least the defense to go up against for this uh, offense to be on full display and Brock party to be on full display, it is probably going to be against this Washington commanders team. Um, Chris, I will let you lead it off here. My friend, you have anything for this game between the 49ers and your commandos.
3: Yeah, so you you mentioned you know uh, this is the you're not gonna find a better get right spot than, than coming off a game where you threw four 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 interceptions and no touchdowns, which which Brock pretty did last week. Uh, I think you could take them a lot of different ways. I'll, I'll start by saying this: the Commanders are 0-5 and one against the spread at home this season. So you know while they they may come out and play some insp- inspiring football, it will be on the road, and it hasn't been at home throughout the. 15 weeks that they, throughout, throughout the 16 weeks that they play football throughout this season. So um, no surprise here. Brock Purdy over 39 and a half longest uh, pass completion here for for Brock Purdy. Um, Purdy has uh, even, even even last week against Baltimore. They, they lost that game, of course, but he threw, he threw a 58-yard pass against Baltimore. Uh, uh, the week before, he threw a 41-yard pass against Arizona. The week before, he threw a 54-yard pass against Seattle. The week before, he threw a 48-yard pass against Philly. I can keep going, but the, the podcast will probably be too long. Um, mm-hmm. So four, four, four weeks, four straight, uh, and then you now you get, you know, this, this commander's defense. Boy, boy, boy. Um, you know, th- this is the perfect situation for him to be able to bounce back. He faces a commander's defense that's absolutely been completely disgusting, as we've been talking about throughout the weeks here now. Um, Washington defense actually gave up a 62-yard pass completion from Stafford to Cooper Cup just two weeks ago, a 78-yard pass from Tua to, to Tyreek Hill just three weeks ago. And I can go on and on and on that list as well, but that would also make the podcast too long. So we'll just go Brock Purdy over his 39-and-a-half uh, longest, longest pass completion here against uh, my commanders in uh, in D.C. this week.
0: Yeah, a little bit of correlation here because the first one I wrote down for this week and a lot of people that I've talked to uh, who I uh, you know talked about props uh, throughout the NFL week, um, love Brock Purdy to bounce back in this spot. And I think this is probably my favorite one of the years Brock Purdy to go higher on his passing yards of 266 and a half. And again, I think this is an opportunity that you know we'll see Kyle Shanahan press it a little bit here with Brock Purdy. I think also last week when he did throw those interceptions that he still had faith in Brock Purdy to come out and throw the football even after interception after interception. So now Going up against his team in the Washington Commanders, like we've talked about, I know the the you know the play that the uh, uh, Chris just mentioned there, that something that I've talked about all season long early in the season was obviously, uh, you know, one that was, you know, getting to the window more times than not. So uh, I'll start it here with Brock Purdy to go higher on his past attempts. And I think very correlated with what Chris mentioned about his longest completion to go higher, 39 and a half. So uh, I'll start off there. Uh, Rod, this is your team as well. Let's get into this game here. What do you got for this game?
2: So I'm going to go with uh, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, I also like the Chase Young revenge narrative to get at least a half a sack, but we'll, mm. let's uh, let's go with uh, CMC. Or three, or
3: three, right?
2: Well, I mean, they're only giving us a half <laughs> of a sack on this one, so I, I wish that we could ladder this on on uh, Underdog, but unfortunately we can't, so we'll take what we get. Uh, but I also like uh, McCaffrey, or McCaffrey's rushing attempts. This is at 17 and a half. Obviously, you can see they're on Underdog, so I'm going to take the higher then. Here's the thing about it, right? Last week, even in this loss, we saw him get 14 carries uh, against Baltimore for 105 yards. But this is not the offense that we're used to seeing. I mean, he had 18 attempts against Arizona, uh, 16, 17, 19, 21, 16. You want to talk about a get right spot, putting the ball in Christian McCaffrey's hands is going to go a long way in getting this team settled back again. So I think they, they went away from the run. As much as they did last week, I I feel like McCaffrey should have gotten a few more touches in that game in the in the running game, to to be precise, because he was ripping off 7.4 yards per carry. And unfortunately, it just for whatever reason, the, the, the game got out of hand. But, you know, he was running the ball really well. So I think they just need to give him a few more touches. And all we need him to get is four more carries and equal what he did against the Cardinals a couple of weeks ago. Uh, if he wants to get there, so uh, again, like I said, I do like his his rushing attempts to at least get 18 on this one. So the higher 17 and a half, and you know, honestly, too, the the Niners have got pretty much their playoff on lock. I mean, it's going to take a lot for them to lose, really a ba- a spot, right? I mean, they got to get the number one seed for sure. But I, I think you got to take it easy uh, a little bit uh, in this game, especially on a, uh, a situation where they will probably be up. So that means McCaffrey's probably going to get a, or that could mean that Jordan Mason comes in and gets some carries. But I think McCaffrey's, he's a beast. He stays out on the field no matter what the score is. So, yeah, give me, give me his uh, rushing attempts higher than 17 and a half.
0: Love it. Again, I think this is going to be a game where I would not be shocked if we see the Niners put up 35 plus points because I feel like there's going to just be some frustration that they'll take out after what transpired last week against the Ravens. And, you know, what better way to do that than go up against one of the worst defenses in the league and and just kind of get that sour taste out of your mouth and just kind of get back to winning football here. So, um, yeah, I do like the call here. I think it's going to be a big week for 49ers uh, players to uh, go higher on their projections here. Um, I did like Terry McLaurin in this game um, with Jacoby Preset. I think that is going to be the starting quarterback for this uh, Washington Commanders team. Um, But right now it is... um, frozen, uh, for whatever reason, but that 53 and a half receiving yards number is very, very conservative for scary Terry, uh, in this game. So once that does pop back up, I will put that in as the entry here for the, uh, Washington commanders and the Niners game here. Uh, Chris, anything else for this game
3: that you like? Nope. All man, right, man. I just, I just stuck with Purdy. melt back with uh, Purdy.
0: All right. Uh, let's go over to, we'll do a couple more games here. Um, Let's go over to the Arizona Cardinals and the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, this game is going to be played in Philly. One Eastern start. Uh, obviously, a big game for the Eagles. Uh, they coming, they are coming off of uh winning their game last week uh and stabbing that losing streak that they were on. And again, a team that's in control of the NFC East Division here, and again, like, going up like, against an opponent here that is looking to be in the top five as far as picks goes for the next NFL um, draft. But again, this this Arizona Cardinals team has been a little bit sneaky. They went into Pittsburgh a few weeks ago, got that victory there against the Steelers. So it's not like they're laying down, gentlemen, here. So we'll get into this game for the Cardinals and the Eagles. Uh, Chris, anything for the Eagles and the Cardinals game?
3: Yeah, I like uh, I like DeAndre Swift in this fight. Um, I think it's rush, attempt, rush attempts is is the, the the number that I like the most. Um, back-to-back weeks, he has at least 18 carries, and that was against the Giants and the Seahawks, two two teams that aren't necessarily the greatest against the rush. And this also this team is also not the, the greatest to stop in the rush either. I'm looking at opponents running against Arizona's defense. 20 carries against, for Khalil Herbert last week, 18 for CMC uh, in Week 15, 16 for Najee Harris in Week 13. Uh, versus Pittsburgh, 16 for Kyron Williams in week 12 and 22 for uh Singletary in week 11 for, and for Devin Singletary, uh, week 11 for year huge uh Houston, um, Texans. You know, so on the season, yeah. Arizona's actually allowing the most rush attempts at 31 and a half per game, and opponents are getting nearly five yards of carry 4.7 on the ground, which is also bottom three. So I expect Philly to be able to, you know, jump out to a big lead here, maintain the run. And, uh, you know, this this spread is 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 massive, as you kind of you, you kind of alluded to, you know, with with you know uh Arizona potentially trying to get one of the top picks in the draft. So them being double digit favorites here as home favorites, I think we we see a lot of running the ball, even if they go up. Philly has been uh I think one of the things that's kind of helped them over, over the course of the last couple of weeks is, you know, just getting a little bit more balanced and taking the ball out of Jalen Hurts' hands a little bit. So give me give me Swift to go over his 15 and a half rush attempts. I thought this number was um, a tad bit too conservative, and I do expect it to probably tick up throughout the, you know, throughout the week.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that when we talk about this rushing attack for the Philadelphia Eagles, that DeAndre Swift is at that forefront. I know there's been chatter about Kenneth Gainwell being involved in uh, all that, but I just haven't seen that come into fruition yet. And again, <clears throat> DeAndre Swift has been that guy that's not only had a lot of success on the ground, but he's also been very involved in the passing game as well. And again, when we talk about the Philadelphia Eagles team, in my mind, it's still a team that likes to run the football first before they like passing it, obviously, with DeAndre Swift and Jalen Hurts back there. Jalen Hurts, maybe not as much as he has done in the past, but when the opportunities are there for Jalen Hurts, he definitely does take off. But um, in a game with a massive spread, um, and if they do get out to a you know two-touchdown lead and they need to start melting the clock here, that's where those rush attempts start adding up for these type of running backs. So definitely do love the rush attempts to go higher for DeAndre Swift here. Uh, Rod, what do you like for this game between the Cardinals and the Eagles?
2: All right. So I'm looking at Devonta Smith. His uh, receiving yards are set at 56 and a half. Uh, Give me the higher on this one. 56 and a half feels a little low, given that what the the only time that he's not reached this within the last uh, seven games was against Seattle a couple of weeks ago. He had 79 against the Giants, 73 against the Cowboys, 96 against the Niners, 106 against the Buffalo, 99 against the Chiefs. Even then, you know, you had 51 against Dallas, but 99 the week before. So Devontae Smith is starting. I mean, now granted, it's it's been A.J. Brown. It's been Dallas Goddard as far as targets are concerned the last couple of, of weeks. But still, Devontae Smith seems to be that guy that when Jalen Hurts gets in trouble and A.J. Brown is quadruple covered, Devontae Smith seems to find a way to get in there and, and catch it. So um, he had 36 yards on his longest reception a couple of weeks ago, 30 or last week, rather 30 a couple of weeks of, ago. So he definitely could catch him in chunks as well. So 53 and or 56 and a half rather, seems rather low. I know that Arizona has been tough against receivers as of late. And for the bears, I mean, there was only the receivers only caught 23 yards worth of passes against them. Uh, 110 combined yards between Debo, Ayuk and Juan Jennings, uh, Juan Jennings uh, a few weeks back. So, but they have been able to, to, to be exploited in, in games previous to that. so, It'll be kind of tough, I think, for the Eagles, but I think they need this game and they need all their weapons to fire uh, to to be able to to head into the playoffs in the right direction. So give me be Devontae Smith higher than 56 and a half receiving yards.
0: Yeah, it almost seems like that. The amount of attention that A.J. Brown was getting earlier in the season because he was just putting up monstrous numbers for a stretch there that Devontae Smith was kind of forgotten about. But I mean, I think when we talk about a downfield threat. I think that Devontae Smith is that guy because you just take a look at some of his longest receptions on the season. Um, they've been in the range of 30 plus yards. And I think this just takes, uh, for a guy like Devontae Smith, it only takes about four to five catches for him to get over or go higher on this projection uh, of the number currently sitting at 56 and a half. And again, in a game where I think the our Cardinals defense has, there's no secret that it has not been very good this season, at least their secondary. I think this is an opportunity for uh, Devontae Smith to have a big day against this uh, uh, Cardinals uh, secondary. Um, I'll throw one in here. I'm going to go with uh, the mayor of Munchkinland, Kyler Murray, uh, to go higher on his um, rushing yards. And I think that the running game is not really going to have a lot of success in this game because the Eagles front seven has just been so good and they've been one of the better rush defenses in the entire league this season. but when we talk about Kyler Murray and we talk about the uh, the quarterbacks that are mobile and like to scramble, I think that you know, Kyler Murray is in that definitely in that conversation. When we talk about guys like Lamar Jackson, you know, Jalen Hurts is in that conversation, Josh Allen. Uh, Kyler Murray sometimes forgotten about it, so you kind of take a look at what he's done this season, at least rushing the football, since he did return from the injury um that he suffered last season with the ACL in that very first game, he started running the football and, you know, you. Uh, I'm trying to pull up the numbers here as far as what he did on the ground here against the um, opposition. So in that game where he returned against the Falcons, 33 rushing yards on six attempts, 51 rushing yards against the Texans uh, didn't do much against a uh, uh, Rams. He only had two, but, nine attempts for 20 yards against the Steelers then the last two weeks against the Niners. He had six attempts for 49 yards in the last week against the Bears, five uh, sorry five attempts for 32 yards. So I think that continues here for Kyler Murray in this game to get higher on his uh, rush, uh, rushing yards here. So I'll throw that in for the uh, Cardinals side here. So we'll put that in as an entry here uh, for this game between the Cardinals and the Eagles. Uh, we'll go DeAndre Swift higher, 15 and a half rush attempts. Devontae Smith higher. 56.5 rushing yards and then Kyler Murray higher 27 and a half rushing yards. That ten dollar entry will get you a return of um 60 bucks uh, again underdog on, on underdog fantasy. Again, if you haven't already signed up with underdog fantasy, make sure you do so. Uh, make sure you use that promo code SGPN. Uh, and you will get a first deposit bonus of up to $100 courtesy of underdog fantasy. Uh guys, let's do one last game before we wrap it up here for this podcast. We've been going about a well over an hour here, close to an hour and a half almost. So we'll do one more game here uh for the Sunday action and then we will call it a uh episode here. Uh let's go to one of these games in the later uh slates. I know um uh, let's do... Why don't we do the Chiefs and the Bengals game? I think that's going to be one of the more intriguing matchups for both teams, actually. So we'll do Bengals and Chiefs to wrap up this Underdog Fantasy episode here. Uh, Chris, lead us off, man. Anything for this game between the Bengals and the Chiefs?
3: Yeah, it's, it's chalky and I think Minty mentioned it before she left but I, I'm on, I know she talked about Travis Kelsey uh, receptions over. I'm on his receiving yard mm-hmm. over. I think the number is a little bit conservative as well just because he has had back to back, you know, pretty bad weeks. 63 and a half is I think the number. Uh is that what we see it at you know, 60 We got a 60, better number and a at 60 uh two and a half here. Yeah, six to over 62 and a half is what I like. So I'm looking at th- this isn't like just because Travis Kelsey is like, you know, the 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 best tight end we've seen in some in a while, but it's also like matchup-wise. The Bengals have allowed 1,023 receiving yards to the tight end position this season. Um, I, you know, if you, if you're keeping up with numbers, that's the most, uh, <laughs> if you keep it track. Um, so, you know, you look at Kelsey back to back, pretty, pretty subpar weeks where he's going under this projection. But before that, he did have three games in a row where he went over this projection as well. Um, I looked at the targets, 121 targets against this Bengals uh, defense. That's actually the fourth most as well against the tight end. So, I mean, eventually you, we, we got to think that they're going to be able to, you know, Maybe the maybe the Chiefs, maybe it just isn't a year. I know everybody was pretty high on them, but if they're going to go down, it will be Guns Blazing, Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey. So, so let me let, let, let's take Travis Kelsey over his 63 and a half passing uh, uh receiving yards in this spot. Uh probably my favorite play on the week as well, even though.
0: Yeah, I love it. Again, this is, I think, I don't remember the last time. Uh, we have seen Travis Kelsey's projection be this low of 62 and a half receiving yards. But again, this is a, a we talk about by low situations. I think this is the, the opportunity, especially of what transpired last week um, and the frustrations they had really on the offensive side of the football did the Kansas City Chiefs. So I think that Patrick Mahomes will definitely be looking for his guy uh, in this game and again, Cincinnati Bengals have struggled against a tight end position. So I think it's an opportunity um for uh Travis Kelsey to have a big week um you know racking up the yards here. So do like the higher 62 and a half receiving yards here for uh Mr. Travis Kelsey. Rod uh Bengals, Chiefs, what do you got?
2: Yeah, so that was mine, and I definitely co-sign on you. I mean, you you've had guys like uh uh, uh Hawkinson go ham on him, Evan Ingram, Pat Firemuth. So yeah, Kelsey's gonna bounce back in a big way. I wanted to take the the lower then on this one, but I was like, nah then I feel bullied into taking it. So I won't, but here's what I will take. I'll take the <laughs> higher than uh Rasheed rice, 64 and a half receiving yards. Uh, if we think that they're going to need to, cause Rashi rice seems to be about the only guy outside of Travis Kelsey that Patrick Mahomes can trust anymore. He had 12 targets last week, which led the team uh, in that loss. He had the, the most targets. He had nine targets in week 15, which led the team. He had the second most targets in Week 14 uh, to Travis Kelsey. In fact, he was tied with 10 apiece at that. So Rasheed Rice has become the the guy you know who led the targets in Week 13. He's just steadily been the only receiver that uh, that Mahomes can trust. So I, I like this, and maybe even his receptions, but I think his receiving yards will will be it because I think maybe he breaks a couple of big ones. Uh, on, on his receptions. It doesn't go uh, higher than his receptions, but I think higher than his 62 and a half last week. He had 57 yards in, in that tough game in Las Vegas. Uh, But 91 before that 72, 64, 107. So he's had several weeks there from the first Vegas game that he's done very well for himself. Um, And, and I think 64 and a half or 62 and a half rather uh, seems like a, a doable number for Rasheed Rice this week.
0: Yeah, I think it's 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 obviously number one, Travis Kelsey. And the next guy has been Rasheed Rice, and like you mentioned, that he's been more and more involved for this uh, passing attack uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Just because Patrick Mahomes really doesn't have much of another choice, right? Like, can you trust Kadarius Tony? Can you trust uh, some of these other guys uh, that's been in this Kansas City Chiefs uh, passing attack, and it just hasn't been there. So, I think Rasheed Rice definitely is is the play here. So, we'll add him in there as our entry here for this game. Um, I'll make this one simple here, guys. I'm going to go with Jake Brown.
3: Darius there, Tony just got rolled out as well. You know? He just like literally just go. got rolled out 20 minutes ago. Ooh, there we
0: there go. you go. So that, that gives an opportunity yeah, now for Rashid Rice uh, to get higher on this projection and Travis Kelsey as well. I think the targets will be there for both these guys for sure. Uh, last one I'll add in here to wrap up this entry. It's going to be um, Jake Browning, 229 and a half passing yards. And again, we saw the struggles that he did have last week. Uh, in the game uh, against the um, the Pittsburgh Steelers, but he's had uh, 320 plus passing yards in three of the last four weeks, and he's actually gone higher than his projection in four straight weeks, um, 275 and uh, sorry, 275 uh, or more passing yards in four straight weeks for Jake Browning. And I think that's going to continue this week against the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, if they are trailing in this game, and I do expect obviously the Chiefs to bounce back in this game. Um, but I think that Jake Browning also um he's gonna be still continuing figure the football around. 37 pass attempts in throughout the last four weeks, back to back weeks of so 42 pass attempts. Um, and again, if they are trailing in the game, they're gonna to have to throw the football here against the Kansas City Chiefs. So um, I thought this number was a little conservative for Jake Browning, 229 and a half passing yards. I will take the higher on that. To do our last entry here for the uh Sunday matchup. So we'll put that in as a play. Uh so all right, for our oh, well, I see everything just got removed because of the uh uh I guess Kadarius Tony news, uh Kadarius T- uh, Tony news of him being out. So once those numbers adjust, we'll put that in for uh this game between the Chiefs and the um Bengals. So we'll be on Rashid Rice higher on his receiving yards, Travis Kelsey higher on his receiving yards and um, Jake Browning higher on his passing yards of 229 and a half. All right, gentlemen, before we wrap up this episode, let's put in one entry of all of our favorite plays for this Sunday. So while uh, Rod gives us his, I'm going to go ahead and put in our guests um, um, favorite place of this week. So Rod, lead us off your favorite uh, entry for this underdog fantasy uh, NFL week 17.
2: All right. So this is one we hadn't touched on yet. And this is the Tennessee Houston game. Uh, I like Tajay Spears. His rushing number is set at 28 and a half. Please give me the higher than on that Tajay Spears over the last few weeks, nine carries 40 yards, nine carries 30 yards, seven carries 29. That's probably the one, but 16 for 75. I understand. And 1000% know that Derrick Henry is the man here, but all of a sudden here comes Tajay Spears reaching into that total and, and getting great work out of it and getting great uh, production out of it. So I'm, I'm very uh, high on the fact that I think Tajay Spears can get this done, you know, especially against Houston. I, I know that their defense has been uh solid this season, but I, again, I just think it's, it's a matter of them being able to sort of split the the workload between the two. And we've seen, we've seen the, the pendulum kind of swift from or uh slip from Derrick Henry to Tajay Spears. Um, so yeah, I, I think at least, what is it? Uh, 30, 30 yards for him on the day is, is quite doable.
0: Um, I definitely agree with everything that you said there that I think they started last week with Tajay Spears because I was on his rushing and receiving yards to go higher Um, right now. Underdog does have it frozen. Uh, Maybe there was some news that came about for Tennessee here right now, but I do see it at 28 and a half for his rushing yards. So I'm going to put that in the queue here when that, once that does unfree. So we'll put you down. Tajay Spears higher 28 and a half rushing yards against the Houston Texans um Chris your favorite uh play for this underdog fantasy entry? we're gonna put in for our favorite plays this week
3: man it's it's so many like kind of like what Rob was saying that we didn't get a chance to to kind of hit on um I really like uh Hubbard to go under his 65 and a half rushing yards here that's the one under that I that I did kind of target we we didn't talk about Alvin Kamara his over 30 and a half receiving yards is something that I absolutely love as well um And let's see, if so if I had to pick between those two, I would probably go, let's go Trevor Hubbard under his 65 and a half uh, rushing yards here. So uh, going against the grain just a tad bit because Hubbard has been pretty good recently outside of that performance last week versus Green Bay where he only rushed for 16 uh, times and had 43 yards. He did have three straight games where he had at least 87 yards on 22 carries or better. However, um, this week, he finds himself in a in a really bad situation against the Russian defense at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars also smoked uh, last week, so I think that they bounced back in this spot as well. They've actually only allowed two running backs since Week 11 to eclipse 65 or more uh, rushing yards. Hubbard's also kind of, for people who can you know paying attention to the injury report, he's also dealing with a hamstring injury, so uh, he's been limited in practice all all throughout the uh, throughout the uh, majority of the week, and yesterday he was limited as well. So he couldn't be a. There's, there's possibility he's not even 100% and starts the game without even finishing it. So I like Chuba Herbert to go under. I know, uh, you know, we 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 uh, we're, we're trying to avoid some unders here, Rob. But I, this is probably my favorite <laughs> under uh, in this spot here. You know, uh, Chuba Hubbard to go under his 65 and a half. I think would be my b- my best bet for for the week
0: love it uh I think mine is going to be Brock Purdy uh I think this is a big bounce back week for uh Brock star here in this game uh, against the commanders and again a lot of uh quarterbacks have had success this season uh against that defense so I think it's a good bounce back spot for the offense of the Giants uh sorry the Giants the 49ers uh, against the commanders so I will go Brock Purdy higher on that um Let's. I know we didn't get to get to all of the games here, guys, because we have probably been here for three or four hours. Um, but let's rapid fire. I know you guys mentioned there's some that you absolutely love this week. Um, Chris, why don't you rapid fire through the ones and some of the other ones that you did like uh, for this NFL Week 17. I know you mentioned Kamara and Chuba Herbert. Anyone else that you want to mention?
3: Yeah, but th- th- just, just talking a little bit about uh, Alvin Kamara. So this dude has at least 31 receiving yards in nine of the 12 games that he's played in so far this season including the 33-yard uh, game uh, versus the Saints uh, – I'm, I'm sorry, versus the Bucs when they played earlier this season. Uh, that was actually his first game uh, playing because we know he missed the first couple weeks um, he was out. So, if you look at Tampa Bay's defense, they've actually been pretty elite against the rush, allowing just 3.9 yards per rush, 24, yards per game, uh, 24 rushes per game, and 92 rushing yards per game. They're actually top 10 in all of those categories – So opposing offensive coordinators have had to kind of mix it up. And Alvin Alvin Kamara is the perfect, you know, running back to do that with. So we always talk about, you know, those running backs going under their rushing yards. But Alvin Kamara is like probably the greatest running back uh, weapon that we've seen in, you know, quite some while with with him being able to catch the ball out the backfield. So um, numbers that kind of go with that, at least five targets in 10 of uh, of his 12 games this season. So I do expect him to be a part of this offense. Some dump downs, some screens, some check downs. Uh, especially with that that uh, you know, with that Bucks defense, uh, you know, putting a lot of pressure on the quarterback position this week. So Alvin Kamara was a big one. Chuba Hubbard, uh, Travis Kelsey, I mentioned. Um, Gus Edwards talked about his over, and uh, Swift love him to go over this week. I mentioned him, and then Gardner Minshew was the other guy that I was looking for pass attempts over in this spot, just because the Raiders have actually started to look pretty formidable against the you know against the uh, against the rush. So. He's over. He went over last week uh, in Atlanta. Uh, four of his last five outside of the Pittsburgh game, he's actually gone over the 31 and a half pass attempts as well. I looked at quarterbacks that were facing uh, that were facing this Oakland uh, that were facing not the Oakland the Oakland Raiders the the Las Vegas Raiders. And yeah, I'm not uh, the
0: one that does that. Saying yeah, Oakland I, I do it. I do it. <laughs> I do
3: it as well. You know. Uh, so he so they they actually had uh, last few weeks. Mahomes forty-four pass attempts. Uh, Easton Stick thirty-two pass attempts. And five of the last seven quarterbacks have actually gone over the 31 uh, pass attempts, dating back to to week 10 as well. Mishu hasn't gone over, uh, but he's attempted 37 against Atlanta, 39 against Cincinnati, 42 against Tennessee, and 41 against Tampa Bay. So I think he's in line to uh, have to pass the ball a lot this week. So I like his pass attempts to go over 31 and a half as well, and I'll leave it there.
0: Love it. Uh, all right, Rod, any uh, ones else you want to mention?
2: Just one last one, if you can find it. Uh, I got the Carolina Jacksonville game. Give me the Josh Allen defender type on Jacksonville to to go higher than uh, whatever sack. I mean, if it's a quarter, three quarters of a sack, if it's a half a sack, take it. If it's 2 record a sack, take it. I mean, obviously, at Josh Allen, we know how how great he is. But the one thing he's got going for him is going against Bryce Young, who has been sacked a ton of times—twice in the last game, three times, four times, four times, four times, seven times. And the person that's sacking the quarterback in Jacksonville is Josh Allen, so I, I definitely like his number at if you can get it at three quarters, fine. If you can get it at a half a sack, perfect. So uh, take the higher then on that one.
0: Yep, uh, and the one I'll throw out there before we wrap it up here: Chris Olave, higher on seventy and a half receiving yards for him. Um, I've mentioned this every week that at least one running, uh, sorry, well, uh, the, or the at least the number one wide receivers have been getting more than a hundred uh, rushing yards or sorry receiving yards against that buccaneers uh past defense or lack thereof and i think this is going to be a big week for chris olave last week um he had nine receptions 13 targets 123 receiving yards three out of the last four weeks he's had 110 or more receiving yards and if you want to go four out of the last five weeks he's had a 90 or more receiving yards so Right now, that projection is at 70-and-a-half. I think this is a great week for him um, to have another big week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So give me that for Chris Olave. Uh, 70-and-a-half, definitely love the higher on that. All right, gentlemen, 90 minutes is in the books for NFL Week 17. Uh, Rod, anything else we want to mention, my friend, before we get out of here?
2: I, I love it. I mean, uh, not honestly, I could have gone for the rest of the time, but I know that uh, podcast listeners definitely have a, a an out time. So thank you all for sticking with us for as long as you have. I mean, this has been a packed full episode. Great guests, Moonoff. So yeah, this has been a hell of a show. I, I've had a fun time.
0: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We had uh, a lot of great guests on Friends of the Network, obviously, also CJ, part of the Sports Gaming Podcast Network as he hosts the Bottom Line Bombs podcast for our network. He's always a great time as well.
3: Chris, anything else you want to mention, my friend, before we get out of here? Man, just echoing what Rod said, this was a great time, a uh, great guest, you know, di- different different format a little bit, and we got to run through a lot. So hopefully some of you guys were, you know, some of the listeners were, you know, already kind of. Uh, you know, maybe lean in towards some of the things that they've heard. And, you know, we've influenced them to, uh, you know, like hit that, hit that button and submit that ticket, get to the window with it. So um, best of luck to everyone. Uh, Enjoy the slate of football that we have this week. And uh, as always bet responsibly, happy new year to everyone as well.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. This was a lot of fun to do this episode. Hopefully maybe we'll do this some more in the future, but again, if you haven't already signed up with underdog fantasy, uh, do so. You already have an account, you know, bully your family member, friends, loved ones, coworkers, whatever the case might be. But make sure you use our promo code SGP. And if you do open an account, but now till the end of the year on Sunday, send us a screenshot. We'll get you hooked up with some merchandise and uh, get you uh, some gift cards uh, into, and enter you into a special drawing uh, for some uh uh from some of some prizes uh if you do uh, sign up with underdogfantasy.com using that promo code sgp and you can follow rod on x at Gomez. you can follow chris at crispycapping with two p's and two n's you can follow me on X at SportsNerd824. We will talk to you guys next Friday because we do not have any more Thursday night football games. Tears, tears, tears. But we will talk to you next week for the last week of the NFL regular season. I think next week is going to be a really, really fun episode because... This time of the year, I love betting on props because of those contract incentives, and we're going to dig those up for you guys, uh, and we will go through a lot of them. Maybe it'll be a longer episode if we do find enough uh, contract incentives and, and I look at it and exploit it that way. But appreciate everybody sticking with us to the end. Till then, good luck with your bets this weekend. Let's break these books off and let it ride.